This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by AgentYouTube.com. Would you like more leads that find you instead of you finding them? Let the YouTube agents show you how. The YouTube agents started making videos with no sphere of influence. This year, they're on pace to close more than 100 sales all from leads generated on YouTube. They put a step-by-step -step video program to show you exactly what to do and what not to do to become a YouTube real estate superstar. Visit agentyoutube.com to learn more and sign up today. That's agentyoutube.com. And now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with a Chicago legend, Gail Spreen. But before we get to Gail, just a few quick reminders. First, as always, thank you for continuing to support our show. The ways in which you can help keep us growing, two ways. Well, there's many ways, but I'll only ask for two. One is to tell a friend. Think of another real estate professional that could benefit from hearing from these types of episodes, interviews with top producers. Send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. If if they're already podcast people, just have them pull up any podcast uh, app they use, search for Keeping It Real, they'll find us. But they can stream everything on our website as well. And then the second way you can help us, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Keeping It Real Pod. Reason for that is we also, in addition to posting all of our interviews, we post videos of our interviews, but also we post an article that we find online every single day written specifically to help you grow your business. Thanks, guys. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And now, on to our interview with Gail Spreen. Today on the show, we have Gail Spreen from Streeterville Properties at Jameson Sotheby's. By the way, Gail is an absolute legend here in the Chicago real estate professional industry. Um, but for all of our listeners that aren't yet familiar with Gail, let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Gail has been a real estate broker since 1994 and has focused her career entirely on the Chicago market, working with large developers uh, within the city, also specializing in the Streeterville neighborhood uh, and downtown core. Uh, Gail represents a true real estate professional with disciplines and market knowledge to assist her clients in all aspects of their home buying and selling experience. Uh, Gail is proud to call Streeterville her home and is also extremely, and this is an understatement, extremely active in both the residential and business communities. As a five-time president of SOAR, which is the Streeterville Organization of Active Real uh, Residents, rather, Gail is cons uh, continually working to keep Streeterville a neighborhood. She works in the, within the city uh, departments and developers to make improvements to their projects that will enhance and improve the neighborhood and create value for the entire area. For those of uh, you who are not as familiar with Chicago, if you've ever visited Chicago, you've been to Streeterville, which is where the Magnificent Mile is, Michigan Avenue, all of the great shopping right on the water, and is probably my my favorite area of the city too. Um, but uh, we want to, oh, and by the way, and you should visit Gail on her website at streetervilleproperties.com. Uh, Gail, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you, DJ. It's great to be here. 
Yeah, you and I met uh, not that long ago at mm -hmm. a top producer event that you were on the panel for, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to moderate. And I thought um, you had such great uh, information to share to all of the realtors who were there um, that we were uh, thankful that you were able to come on our show and do the same um, for all of our nationwide listeners. So we appreciate it. Um, tell us a little bit, since you've been, a, been in real estate since 1994, um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the business and, and you know, how things have changed over the years. Well, they definitely have changed a lot. I actually got my sales license in 1991. And wow. I, I know that was back when you had to work for a broker at sure. that time. And then I got my broker's license in 94. But back when I got my sales license, I was like, I don't know what value is. How can I actually tell somebody this is really worth this much? So I went and I worked at an appraisal company at night and just typed appraisals so that I could like learn what the appraisers were talking about, how they valued property. And then they started having me help them and I was doing this kind of in the evenings and on weekends as I worked at Draper and Kramer during the day in their sure. mortgage department. Yeah. So I became an appraiser and which gave me, uh, and I did that for 15 years, just Chicago, downtown um, condos. When other appraisers didn't want to come downtown and have to deal with condo buildings, I'm like, I'll do the report. So I did thousands of appraisals during those years. And you really learn something about all the buildings, about value. And so I think it was, it was really helpful in my whole um, career in real estate is to really understand what the appraiser goes through and how to value a property and then to incorporate that into my real estate selling. So there's been a number of stages through this, but it's all kind of, you know, brings everything together. And well, it's, it's so funny. I don't mean to interrupt. I, I did want to make a big point because Gail just said a really important thing, um, talking about understanding the value of properties through her experience doing lots of appraisals over the years and, and also starting out sort of interning uh, and, and working to learn that and realizing not just as a potential another stream of income, but how she can bring that value back to her real estate clients and, and how 99% of realtors don't have that experience. And it really separates you from everyone else. What a, what a really smart idea. Uh, I imagine that makes you very valuable to your clients. Well, I think it helps and it makes me more confident when I'm talking to people about where to price their property, where to put an offer in, where the value really is. I can say, hey, I've been an appraiser for 15 years and you know, this is how this kind of works. When I have to meet with other appraisers, it's helpful too, because I know exactly what they're needing to get the report done. And if the data is not there, how do you work within that and come up with a value? I had to do that the other night with an appraiser who was struggling. So I kind of gave him some direction and hopefully we'll get the deal done <laughs> nice and clean. Wow. Well, that that's 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 wonderful, and I've always been impressed with um, with with realtors who go uh, and really either get those certifications or even really just study and learn, um, you know, to bring additional value. Um, I think is so important, uh, especially now when so much of it can be automated. Right, a lot of um, like the Redfins and Zillows of the world have, have taken some of the hard work away from the realtor of locating properties. But now you can come and say, well, 
let's talk about value. And, and here's where I have 15 years of experience. Um, and here's where I think the actual price point should be. And, and that's super powerful. I love it. Um, let's, I would love to talk to you because I know being a local, uh, present person in your community has been your, you, you've branded it as your business. You are, you are in the community, you're active, you have leadership roles. Um, and for a lot of our, our listeners who, you know, haven't yet decided to really get involved, uh, with whatever area they're passionate about or where, where they want to focus their business. Can you talk a little bit about how that's, you know, just how important that is to you and, and ultimately has that helped your business? You know, I think it's helped my business a lot because especially now people are looking for expertise. So yeah. being able to really know your product, know your neighborhood, know everything about your neighborhood is really um, a much more of a value to bring to you, to bring to the table when you're working with a buyer or a seller. I feel like I can sell Streeterville probably better than anybody because I have a passion for it. And it usually comes through in the way that I talk about the neighborhood where I have a long-term vision for the neighborhood and how it um, continually will get better and better. So I came to Streeterville in the beginning of 1997 and worked for Dan McLean of MCL on the development in South Streeterville. Back at that time, there was hardly anything here and so being, you know, seeing the neighborhood get built up, the neighborhood's just getting better. We could not even get a restaurant barely here in, Streeter, in South Streeterville because there wasn't enough density. So now to see all the restaurant options we have, it's hard to support them all because it's, you want to support them all, but then you're out like, you know, eating all, you know, eating all the time. But, um, but so it's really been a great part of my market from, from being an expert to knowing a lot of the people in the neighborhood. So having been here so long and worked with the people, worked with people who are selling or buying, I always feel as a buyer, they become my neighbor. So I want everybody to be happy in our transactions. I want the seller happy because with my economic development hat on and my appraiser hat, I want to create value in everything that we're doing. So I want them to get their best, you know, the best price. But on the buyer's side, I want the buyers happy as well, because they're going to be my new neighbor. And because I also feel that reputation is everything, especially in a niche market, I will go above and beyond for everybody for everything, because I want everybody happy. And I always believe that, you know, that'll pay off in the long run um, to keep everyone happy. So it's, it's been a big part of my market from doing all the different community work that I do for all of these 20 some years. So, and it's been really fun. I love it. So it's all been good. Yeah. I wanted to, I was curious because obviously, you know, you work with clients, uh, you know, throughout Chicago, not specifically only in the Streeterville neighborhood, but, but that's your primary focus. Um, what percentage of your business is actually in Streeterville? I would say probably about 90% is like, wow. I, yeah, I do some River North, I do some Lakeshore East, a little South Loop, and I really don't necessarily want to go north of North Avenue. So, <laughs> I don't you know, blame you. <laughs> I mean, I can be super efficient. You know, sometimes when, when I just stay very local, sometimes when people see me west of Michigan Avenue, they're like, oh my gosh, you're out of your <laughs> territory. And I, yeah. But um, 
but so most of my business is like right, you know, right here in Streeterville, which is great because again, everything's super efficient then. And I can, you know, I can do a lot more in a smaller area because I, and being able to keep everybody happy, having great partners within the industry from your painters to your cleaners, we get a lot done with, um, you know, we can just coordinate a lot very easily because we're very local and very, you know, in a small area. So when in those off, um, th those small percentage clients uh, that maybe are moving to the suburbs, let's say, um, is it your policy to, you know, obviously you could always help them if you desire, but do you end up referring a lot of business to other realtors as well? I do. So I don't want to do anything that's not my expertise. So anything in the suburbs, somebody else can do it and I'm happy to do referrals as well as I've got people in the suburbs who don't want to, sure. um, that don't know downtown and they don't want to try, you know, they really want their clients to be taken care of. So I will do a number of um, split deals with them as I take care of their clients for them. So it's a good mutual setup that I have with different brokers in different areas. Yeah, it's, I think it's so important. And, and I think it's a, a lot of, a lot of times brokers, when they get their license, they join a firm, they, they certainly hear at some point, choose an area, geographic location, get involved in the community, uh, start studying the MLS, go visit all the buildings. Uh, and within a couple of years, you're going to be really knowledgeable, of course, about that area. I just suspect most brokers maybe don't take the time to actually do that. They get, life gets, you know, in the way. Um, I had on uh, Matt Laracy from uh, a few, maybe a month ago, and he did the same thing in River North. When he, he moved to River North, he didn't know anything about it. And he spent the first five years literally walking from building to building going, what, are you an apartment building? Are you a condo? How does this work? And he said, after five years, he's like, nobody knows River North better than him. And you obviously have the same, the same expertise in Streeterville. And that makes you so valuable to everyone who wants to move uh, or move within Streeterville or move to um, is probably, is that advice that you have for, for uh, anyone who's looking to, to grow their businesses, pick an area and, and get involved and learn it? I would recommend that. Um, I think that's the best way to really get going to work with other brokers to do open houses that yeah. other brokers that are working in that area to do that. Because I, I still do after all these years, I still do open houses on the weekends and I'm in front of people all the time. I enjoy it because I'm meeting more neighbors that I might sure. not know. Um, people see you busy, so activity breeds activity. So they think you're busy doing things. So it's just a great way to meet more people and to get more leads if that, you know, if that is your goal. My goal is usually to sell things. So, but I love meeting, you know, meeting people in the neighborhood and and people that want to come into the neighborhood or who are just checking out different areas and really don't know Streeterville. So I could go on and on about Streeterville. So at some point I have to, you know, like give them my, my overall kind of, you know, talk about it just to make them, I, I also believe in no surprises. So when somebody wants to, uh, they're looking what's, you know, picking between River North, Streeterville, Lakeshore East, South Loop, you know, old town, you know, just being very upfront with them. These are a lot of the positive and negatives you're going to see about the different neighborhoods. And then 
having you, you know, letting them decide and pick what fits the be their lifestyle the best and what they're looking for. I never really want someone to go, you know, and to pick a neighborhood and then be like, wow, I didn't really think about that. I want people to really be happy with their decision, whether it's Streeterville, whatever neighborhood doesn't, you know, I don't care. I just want them happy. So no surprises. Yeah. And now, and I think that's, that's a great uh, customer service policy, no mm -hmm. surprises. Um, and, you know, I think now, since we are, most of us are working from home, most of the country, uh, it, whether we like it or not, we're, we're stuck at home. Uh, I snuck into the office, but we barricade the doors so no one else can get in. Um, but uh, most of us are, are at home. And especially for uh, the listeners who are real estate uh, professionals, which is 99% of our listeners, now is a great time to get familiar with the inventory in your area. For example, uh, here in Chicago, especially where, where Gale is and, and in the city area around, around Streeterville is a lot of high-rise apartment buildings. And now's the time to you know, do the virtual tours, do the, go to each one of their websites um, and get familiar if you're somebody that's into rentals, but a lot of condo buildings have that as well. Um, but now's the time to really, this is, we have extra time these days. And so now's the time to really Get your knowledge down for your area. You know, study the MLS. Know what the average price point is for a one-bedroom or a single-family home or an apartment, and you know all the different options. Like you can really use this time to to get more knowledgeable. And as Gail said, think of how how valuable you know someone is who wants to move to Streeterville. Gail is the best resource. Obviously, she has lots and lots of years of experience, but. Um, Gail did a lot of studying outside of, of her, you know, working with clients to make sure that she could bring that knowledge to her clients. So uh, great advice, Gail. That, that's really awesome. Um, also, you know what I would, would like to mention for all of our Chicago listeners is your husband, is, is he a sculptor? Is that his profession? He is. He's a professional artist. And wow. one of the fun things that has happened through the years is a number of years ago, uh, Gallivan Company commissioned him to do a bronze sculpture of Cap Streeter, who yeah. is an eight-foot bronze in, at the corner of McClurg and Grand in front of the Yoke restaurant. So, um, so we have that, and they do beautiful landscaping around Cap. And so it's Cap in his dog spot. I've got a little statue of Cap Streeter right here, who is my, yeah. um, my backup all the time. And, um, but we, it's kind of made us the historians of Streeterville as well, wow. which is, um, which is great because I love talking about history and Cap Streeter, which he was such a colorful character. And to think he lived right here and just the whole development of how this neighborhood became what it is. It is kind of, I call it an irrational passion that I have um, <laughs> because it's, I don't understand why I'm so attracted to it, but I love the history of the neighborhood. And so with that, we are actually working right now um, on a documentary on the development of South Streeterville. Oh, so wow. it's really, we hope to have it done this year, but we hired a professional video company who interviewed all the developers that have been part of how this South Streeterville area became what it is today. From Dirk Lowen, who is Mies van der Rohe's grandson, who yeah. did the water cannon that shoots over the river. Oh, wow. To Charlie Gardner, who was head of Chicago Dock and Canal. To Alderman Hopkins, who is a great activist with me in Streeterville through the many years and now in Alderman. We've got about um, 12 different people we've interviewed. So now we're putting all that together to tell the story of how Streeterville became what it is today. 
So that's going to be, that's really fun to work on. And the History Museum is um, going to be the repository and we'll keep it. And it's much more of a kind of an urban planning film than really like some marketing film. But I, you know, it, it all started because I had a buyer who said, how come this area is only getting developed now? And I'm like, oh my gosh, we have got to tell the story of how it was the busiest shipping port in the whole world. And wow. now to see what it's become today. So I think, you know, that was kind of my impetus to being like, let's get this done and let's do it from the mouths of the guys who actually did the development instead of somebody else just telling the story. So that was, um, we're excited about getting it, um, getting it done and letting people see it. So kind of fun. Wow. Well, I, you know, it's funny. We, we think a lot about uh, how to, how to grow our business. And I always think, um, you, you know, you should pick, pick something that is a, that you're super passionate about that you've been an interest in and just dive headfirst into it with, with respect to community, like mm -hmm. find something about your local community that you are passionate, whether it's a charitable organization or just being involved in the chamber of commerce or po local politics or, or whatever, uh, get involved. And you, you not only will, there's a good chance that you'll become more present in the community, maybe even get more clients as a result, which is not the reason to do it, of course, but a nice benefit. Um, but also you'll just have a tremendous sense of pride. And it's, and as Gail, you were saying, it's fun. Uh, I, I feel that I have feel that way about a few organizations of my own. And um, yeah, it's, it's fun to, to be able to affect change. Like you're in leadership mm -hmm. positions within the neighborhood. Uh, and so that must be really exciting to be able to, to dictate sort of in some ways to have input on what happens. Absolutely. And just to know that the neighborhood is, has become what it is and a lot because of your input and our work through all these years from development issues that we've identified, you know, different, um, different aspects of a, of a development proposal that we can, we can say this isn't going to work because we know how the streets work here. To, from doing that to doing street or road cleanups to park cleanups to you name it. We are working on things that, you know, just all try to make the neighborhood a better neighborhood. So it's fun. And that's something that I've always encouraged other brokers to do. Get involved in your community and otherwise get involved in something. You know, yeah. maybe it's some organization. Maybe it's PAWS because you have a dog. Maybe it's um, the diabetes, you know, association. I don't know. But there's a gazillion different ways that people can that um, organizations that really are looking for people to be involved, but pick something you're passionate about. And then like you say, get, you know, dive in, get involved and really, you know, really try to not so much get business out of it, that will right. come, you know, but get involved and try to help them. And when you help them, it will someday, it should, you know, come back as a benefit to you, but that should not be the goal. You're right. And it's funny. Um, I think what a lot of people forget is that a lot of organizations, whether they're charitable or part of your, you know, your local community, uh, government, um, they are looking for people to do work. Uh, there's never a shortage of good ideas, but the people to actually execute those ideas are in short supply. So, you know, if you're not currently participating in your community or in, or in organizations where you can actually be a value, um, boy, the, you know, not only will you be helping that, that organization, 
but also you're going to have a tremendous sense of community and pride just doing that. And then ultimately, hopefully, you know, it makes you more present in the community and, and more people know about you. And of course that can lead to more business, but um, even if it doesn't lead to any business, you'll just have a tremendous sense of, of uh, fulfillment, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I and, but yeah, but there's, there's never, or there's, we always say this, I'm on, uh, I, I work with a, a few different organizations and we never have a problem coming up with ideas. It's always who's gonna actually execute these ideas. So if you're somebody that likes to do work uh, and be able to you know, uh, get in, involved is, I mean, all the organizations I'm a part of, we'd love to have anybody that's willing to do that. Yeah. So, uh, but you've been a good, a shining example of somebody who has done that work time and time again in many, many organizations. Well, uh, people do say I have a problem with not being able to say no. Yeah, <laughs> that's because again, they know, that's because it. they know you're a worker. <laughs> <laughs> they know if they get you on board, it's going to get done. Uh, so you're, you're very important. Um, yeah, let's talk more more about real estate. So right now, of course, everything is is changing or has changed, um, at least from our abilities to to kind of come and go. Although you were just at an inspection uh, just moments before joining us, um, have you seen any changes in, in the last month or so, or, or is it business as usual uh, right now? Oh, there's definitely changes because in the high rise buildings that I work in, we can't get into them. There's no right. showings allowed. And so that has been a challenge. So we've done a lot of virtual tours. Sure. Which what is fascinating just in the last month is we've got all your beautiful pro professional photography done, right? It's all online. And people will be like, hey, can you send me a virtual tour? And you're like, well, it's all online. You know, you've got the best pictures. Um, and they're like, oh, but I want to see a walkthrough. So right. it doesn't matter if it's not even a real professional one but they want to see a walkthrough and they want to see it, a video done. So I have spent uh, quite a bit of time and it's one of our, um, my team's um, kind of mission right now is making sure we have video of all our listings and, you know, doing them in shorter clips so we can get them sent out. But having this video, I had one person, it was a, a little tiny studio they're like, oh, can you send me, a, send me a video? I'm like, there's three rooms. There's a living room, a, a kitchen, and a bathroom, and I've got great photos of them. Oh, but we want to see a video. So I'm like, wow, from, you know, we really need videos. So I actually went and I did, you know, four videos today that we'll be using. I have the inspection I just finished. I actually, from doing a video, I just sold a condo to some people from California. And I have that inspection yet this afternoon. FaceTimed them, FaceTimed them and yeah. with, this, with this video. And they bought this condo. We were able to put, together, uh, put a deal together. So I think some of the things that are really going to be changing in the way we do business is these videos. And you know, people really wanting that, whether it is the most professional one or they actually appreciate just having, you know, having a more amateur one done and, you know, and enjoying that. But that's interesting as well as doing all the, um, the Zoom and all the meetings online, which is kind of fascinating that that we'll see how that changes some of all the meetings that we normally would be attending and how we kind of, you know, change that structure versus sitting next across the table from someone discussing issues versus having everyone on a on a screen together so 
definitely changes. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot you just said there. Um, but you're right. Um, yeah, things are changing, but this is still very much a, I, well, I, I guess we shouldn't say face-to-face business, but because it could be screen to screen, but looking at someone and having them look back, um, whether it's by saying, hey, let me FaceTime you and walk you through the apartment because we don't have a, you know, a, a traditional virtual tour, but I can do that for you. Um, or you could just go in and take that video. And the cool part is that I think uh, most people don't expect professional quality videos because we're all used to watching YouTube and, and now TikTok and all of the other uh, sites that, that promote streaming video that anybody can do just with a phone camera is we're sort of used to just seeing people produce their own stuff. And so not that you, if you can, obviously having, you know, these the really cool uh, virtual tours like Matterport and the, the different options there are always awesome, um, but at least something. I know, mm-hmm. um, I, my girlfriend works at Catalyst, which is a high rise in the West Loop. And they're do, of course, they same as, as with, with a lot of the buildings, um, whether they're apartment or condo, no one's getting in. My building, no one can come in. Even my cleaning lady, of course, nobody can come in. So other than residents. And so these virtual tours, as Gail's saying, is so important. And I suspect um, that a lot of our listeners, you know, might be thinking, well, what if I just take my phone and use it? It's like, well, that's better than nothing. Um, and have something at least until maybe if you want a more professional crew to come out, you know, whenever they're able to be allowed back into these buildings, who knows, but do something. Um, and you just sold a home. It sounded like I know you didn't exactly say this, but to the couple from California, is that yeah. sight unseen just from the, yes, uh, it was just from doing amazing. a FaceTime. And then first I did the, the video, sent that to them. And then they said, let's do a FaceTime. And what's nice about doing the FaceTime with them is if you're going through the kitchen, they can be like, hey, show me like the, yeah. um, the dishwasher better, the refrigerator better, take me back to this area. So it, you know, it kind of, there's that interaction is nice. And then you're, you're being able to really focus on what they care about the most. So that's yeah, that's why. really, really smart. Um, so yeah, so for everyone listening, if you're allowed to go into the property uh, and, and your clients aren't, you know, you can do these, you know, via Zoom, FaceTime, there's a million ways to do it. And then you're able to, you know, almost do what the person would have done in person, which is ask about various, uh, you know, parts of, of, the, of the place. And yeah, really smart. That's awesome. Um, so that's really encouraging for, for everyone stuck at home thinking, oh, how can I, uh, can I still close deals? The answer is yes, uh, or at the very least, I've always said like to all the brokers at our firm as well, is like now's the time also, if you don't have clients to deepen those relationships and to reach out and let all of your sphere of influence and your contact list, obviously friends and family, but let everybody know you're thinking about them and check in on them and see how they're doing. Um, because probably a lot of us are sitting at home. Uh, some of us have more to do than others, but uh, it's, uh, it's a lonely world. So anything you can do to connect right now is, is probably a good idea. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, t- can you talk a little bit about, and Gail, you are so well-known in Chicago, um, and a lot of brokers uh, and realtors have come to you over the years asking for advice. Um, we talked about getting hyper-local, getting uh, involved in the community. Um, what in open houses, this was another thing we, we, you mentioned, how important it is to do open houses. And um, do you recommend to newer brokers, maybe who don't have listings, to talk to other realtors in their, in their office and ask if they can help with uh, open houses? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a, it's a great opportunity for people to be able to get in front of residents, whether they're actually sellers or buyers. They're residents yeah. that are coming and going through the building. 
I always wear a name tag, which I have one on because yeah. I always wear one um, because we're in elevators all the time. You know, people know me, but sometimes, you know, it just is that some people are more visual and they remember you by the, by your name that way. Other people are more oral. So I think, you know, there's just all different ways to make sure that you're always in front of them and you're meeting more people. So I would highly recommend that to young agents to be, um, to be out there. You know, there was a lady back when I started all my community work and she was like super well known for the Magnificent Mile Association. And she was like the queen of Oak Street and Michigan Avenue retail leasing. Everybody totally respected her. And her name is Jackie Hayes. And I said, what Jackie is to retail on Michigan Avenue and Oak Street, I want to be to Streeterville. And Jackie said, you've got to be out there all the time. You've got to be at everything. You've, you know, you've, you've got to be the face of it. And so I always took her advice. I, you know, to this day, I'm still out there all the time, you know, um, at meetings. I'm, you know, obviously involved in everything and still doing the open houses, but you have to, you have to be there. And so I just recommend to people, don't sit home when we can get out and get busy again, get out there and have, you know, know your, know your business, know, study, like you had said, DJ, study your buildings, know what your product is that you're trying to sell or to rent. You've got to be able to say, you know, if someone tells me, oh, I live at 600 Lakeshore Drive and I'm in this unit, I know exactly what their view is. I know their floor plan. And if they're looking for a property that is similar to that, but maybe larger, but they want the same view, I can go, I can tell them exactly what buildings will have it because I know all the floor plans and in the neighborhood. Or if I say, gee, if some buyer comes to me and says, oh, I've been looking at different properties and I, I'll ask them, what, are, what have you been looking at and what did you like about it or not like? And if they tell me what units they've seen, I know exactly what they've seen. And I can, I can sell off of that because now I know what they've, what they've looked at. I know what other properties are that, you know, that are in the area. And I know what, where, I, where, what properties and what units would best fit them. So it really, by taking this time to study your market study your product is just key. I think there's so many things that can be done right now. People should not be bored. There's so much to do. <laughs> yes. So they should really take advantage of this time. It's actually a very special time to be able to do that and to be able to see your family a little bit more, but also, you know, really learn your market. Yeah, we, I know at our, our business, all of it, we're, we're in management. Uh, there's nine of us here. Um, and we all said, okay, we're going to, since we have a little bit extra time that we normally wouldn't have had along with a lot of people, of course, um, we said, we're all going to learn, you know, go through a certification. So I'm doing a marketing yeah. thing and other people are doing other things. And so, uh, which was really smart for my boss to, so to recommend that. Um, and so, yes, now is the time to, to beef up those skills or, or to just say, you know, I've been talking about getting involved for years. Now's the time to do some research to figure out what organizations, uh, I may want to support and, and lend my uh, talents to. Yeah. So, uh, I, and yes, let's study the market. Let's, let's become an expert because experts are very valuable. And, you know, over time, 
uh, maybe right now you're doing transactions all over uh, your area because you're new and you're trying to just keep, you know, keep growing. Um, but always have that true north. So Gail's true north is very obvious because it's her whole life is Streeterville, which is an awesome, uh, you know, a thing for her and, and she loves it and, and is, and is, that's just works perfectly. So you, you want to be that person to whatever local area you are in. Um, but you have to know, as Gail said, you have to know the inventory. Um, you have to be valuable in that way. So now's the time uh, to figure, to figure that out. And, and the good news is it's, it's not, not, you have to study hours and hours a night. If you, if you just study for one hour a day, uh, you'll find within a couple of months, you just, you're going to know a lot more and you're going to know the inventory. And then when someone asks, Hey, I'm moving to, you know, X, Y, Z area, you're going to say, okay, well, here's what's available. Um, mm -hmm. And that just separates you from the vast majority of, of brokers. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, Gail, I wanted to ask you, since you've been in business for, for so long, you've seen so many agents uh, succeed. Obviously you've seen others that haven't succeeded. Um, what do you think separates, we've talked a lot about uh, what, what, what you've done uh, to become successful, um, but are there any other suggestions you have as far as, well, this really seems to work. Uh, we talked about open houses, becoming an expert, getting involved. Um, are there any other suggestions you, that you can think of for, for agents who are, you know, want to learn uh, how to just, uh, you know, grow their business? Well, I would say even back when I was starting, I was sitting there doing postcards to, you know, to my building or to neighboring buildings. And I just did it manually and got, the, got them out, wrote notes to people, you know, really stayed connected with people that way. And so I think you have to kind of know your target market as well. So in Streeterville, if some of the people in certain buildings may be a little bit older, than younger, then they still appreciate direct mail and sure. they will still read it. Where then in some other neighborhoods or some other buildings, they might be a different, you know, like age group and they might be much more on the social media and, um, you know, just a little bit, your messaging would be just a little bit different. So kind of, you know, definitely be constantly reaching out and doing your marketing. Don't just wait for everything to come to you, but do push out information as well. So, you know, working on, you know, doing postcards, but, and doing your messaging, whether it is on social media or um, however you can get into the buildings that way, it might be in their newsletters. You know, if you're offering to pay some money to be in their newsletter for marketing, th those associations would love it, you know, and then you're right in front of your whole the whole building, whether it's online or it's um, in a you know a hard copy that they're getting to all their residents. So there's a number of different ways you can you know that you can take advantage of that um, that angle as well. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I uh, I met a realtor once who lived in a I forget where somewhere I was a listener of our show. I think it was in Kentucky, somewhere in rural Kentucky. And he was telling me that what he does is it's actually not so rural where he is, but um, he works just in, in neighbor, everything to me seem, and it seems rural because we live, you and I live in some of the busiest areas of the world. Uh, but, um, but he, you know, more of a suburban area of somewhere in Kentucky. Anyway, what he would do when, when he sold a home is he would write a personal note to every neighbor 
uh, within a certain number of blocks or however uh, he figured, however much he was able to do this. But he would say, hey, just to let you know, I'm so-and-so and I just recently helped you know, your neighbors sell their home um, if you're ever interested. And he said that that was the smartest thing he ever did. And he does it to this day. He writes, you know, he says sometimes he has to write 50 of them and it takes a a while to do it. It takes a couple of days, but he goes, every time I do that, at least two or three people call me, um, which is a remarkable return on investment. Um, But it's basically what you were just saying as well is, is whatever your marketing strategy is, you have to you know, send those messaging out on a consistent basis and, and yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, let's, I also want to talk about, uh, Gail, and, and I want to know um, a little bit more about, you know, what you do for your clients. Cause we not, we don't just have a list. Uh, our listeners are not just realtors, but sometimes are buyers, sellers, investors. I know you've done a lot with developers uh, in addition to buyers and sellers and, and renters as well. Um, you talk a little bit about what, what you do for your clients. Uh, we try to be as much full service as we possibly can. So we will, I mean, whether it's getting the place cleaned, whether it's bringing in a designer to help lay out the furniture, if we're trying to, you know, put it on the market, you know, put it on the market and really have everything laid out uh, so it will show the best to, um, boy, to, it's really just anything needed. We want to be the resource that they will come to. So, I mean, I am constantly asked for the most unusual things people will, I mean, I'll have them texting me, where do I get Thai food? And then I'll like send them a note back. Where do I get this? Where do I get that? So you really become this uh, resource for anything street or from them. But on the client side, we are really trying to make everything as seamless as possible for them so that we're bringing in the stagers, we're bringing in the cleaners, we bring in the photographers, we have the brochures. When it gets to the point that you're um, getting a deal done, make it so easy for them, give them great direction all the way through. A lot of my clients you know, are very sophisticated people. However, they haven't done that many real estate transactions. Right. So to, never assume anything that they understand all the steps to it, you know, to the whole transaction. So really working with them on every little step along the way to actually this, I mean, one of my clients right now, just the fact that I was an appraiser and I'm able to help this appraiser keep our deal together. You know, he's just so thankful when I sent him my explanation of what I sent to the appraiser my seller came back and is just like so thankful that I, I'm able to help the, the, you know, the appraiser for this deal get the deal done. So there's a lot of different, different ways that um, I'm able to help. And it goes right down to doing the final walkthrough, making sure that the place is clean when you're bringing the buyer in as they're going to pay a half a million dollars for a condo. And now the condo's vacant and doesn't have all the beautiful furniture anymore. I want that buyer happy so that they walk in and at least even if it's vacant, it's clean and fresh and, you know, and they're happy going to, you know, as they go off to the closing. So every little step along the way to make it the, you know, the best experience possible is what my goal is, right. You know, all the way through. 
Yeah, and you clearly do that. Um, I wanted to just circle back to one thing that I think has become more popular in recent years, which is staging. Um, I suspect this has to do a lot with us being able to see uh, via social media, Instagram in particular, how everything looks perfect and shiny. And, and I think people are now expecting that. Um, how often are, are you working with, when you have a listing with stagers? Um, is it majority of the time? Is it only occasionally? I'm just curious how, how frequent that, that is for you. I would say it, it's not a majority of the time because a lot of times they have a lot of beautiful furniture in yeah. there already. So they will wait to move their furniture until we get it sold. However, um, depending on what their furniture is, I might make recommendations for certain pieces. Like we need to remove about half the pieces, you know, yeah. and then um, and then maybe have a stager come and add a few pieces that will, you know, enhance the 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 flow, enhance the look of the of the whole place. So I would say it's not all the time, but every opportunity I can, I I am trying to bring a stager in because I think the value of them is a is enormous. And I don't think sellers sometimes can really appreciate how valuable those stages are. But when you go online on the MLS and you're looking at photos where they might have um, virtually staged it and then they show the empty room, there's no comparison to those two rooms with furniture in it versus a vacant. And yeah. it, you know, it's, it's definitely worth the money that they, um, you know, that they have to spend. And so I highly recommend it. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, also, you know, for anyone who is listening, uh, who is thinking about, you know, working with a, a, a Chicago real estate expert, uh, in particular in the downtown area, um, Gail, what's the, what's the best way that one of our listeners who might be looking for, for a new realtor uh, should reach out to you? Well, my email is Gail, G-A-I-L, at streetervilleproperties.com. So that is one of the easiest ways to get me or my phone number, which is my cell that I give out freely to everybody and, <laughs> and post it anywhere. 312-925-7668 um, is also a great way to get me. Well, Gail, I think we've really said it all today. We talked a lot about the importance of getting involved, getting local, um, getting uh, knowledge about your, your area as well, and how that has served you in particular, uh, for, and, and how you have served it uh, for well over, gosh, uh, 20, 20 plus years. It's incredible. Um, and of course, uh, you have uh, status in Chicago as one of our, one of the top brokers here in the entire Chicagoland area. Um, so uh, I think so much of the value you gave was just telling people this is this is how I built my business. So we really appreciate uh, your time, and um, I know you're super busy as well, even uh, through you know this the stay at home uh, era. Um, but um, on behalf of the listeners, we want to thank Gail for her time. Uh, and sharing all this great wisdom. And on behalf of Gail and myself to the listeners, we also say thanks. I um, want to remind everyone that if everyone could just tell one friend about our show, think of another real estate professional that could benefit from hearing from Gail or any of the other guests we've had, just shoot them over to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com or 
any podcast app, just search for Keeping It Real. You'll, you'll find us right away. That would really uh, help our show grow. Also, please follow us on Facebook. Um, we're at facebook.com forward slash Keeping It Real Pod. Not only to be able to watch the behind the scenes recordings of, of these videos, uh, or rather of these episodes, you get to see the videos, um, but also we post every single day an article that we find online that was written specifically to help realtors grow their business. So we try to provide a tremendous amount of value there as well. So follow us again on Facebook uh, and uh, tell a friend. Anyway, Gail, thank you again. Um, you were a wonderful guest. We're so excited uh, to continue to see Streeterville prosper under your leadership. <laughs> and um, thanks for being a part of the show. Oh, thank you. And if you wouldn't mind, I have one last plug. I'm Please. Chair, I'm chair of the Lights Festival for the Michigan Avenue Lights Festival Parade. And that happens the Saturday before Thanksgiving every year. So I was chair last year. I'm chair again this year. So if anybody wants to get involved, you could be a balloon handler, a parade marshal. I would love to have you. So just let me know. We'd love to have you join us. I know it's not till fall, till November. However, we start early. Well, and I will also, yes. Yeah, so everyone, I will put a link to that in the episode oh, notes as well. And also my favorite church well, I only have, I'm not really that into churches, but I, my favorite church is in Streeterville, which is Fourth Presbyterian, which of course is everybody's favorite church because of how cool and perfectly situated and beautiful it is. But um, I, I, they do some cool things uh, over, over the holiday as well. I imagine they're probably part of, uh, part of the lights, I'm guessing. Right, absolutely. So yeah. thank you again, DJ. It was great to be on. Thanks, Gail. All right, we'll see everyone right. on our next episode. Okay, take care. Thanks.